get right into a, a another KG Fifth Port Wildcat and Doc podcast. Might as well call that Wildcat a Cougar growl since uh, the Cougars came back. As I swore my red. And colors. Yeah, man. Did you? Uh, did you stay? Swore my. Did colors. you stay? No, no, man. I said the Rockets played last night, so I left at halftime. Was it worth it? I'm sure you followed on Twitter. Or- oh yeah. Oh yeah. Did you see a better game at the Rockets? Hell no. Well, and you what's know. you talking about then, Bo? I spent my huh? money for the tickets at the Ovates, and I spent this. I see what you on, got on. What I'm wearing right now. But as far as I'm concerned, the I got to say some other things about Ovates in terms of you need to. their budget. You need to. And my Seriously, website you need and to. things of that sort. And we can go there, and they ain't spent a dime for that. So I'll go where I go. And I will tell you this much. I am not. Gonna, I can't mention who, but it's uh, <laughs> two, bowl game, uh, two bowl teams are sitting on the Cougars right now. Hoping nobody else comes through the door. But I'll say this. We, I tell Gator. And I'm happy. I'm happy about that. And I was asked if I'll be in in Atlanta for the Peach Bowl on 31st. And I said, I'm, I'm off that day. <laughs> <laughs> so, so we got a road trip coming? So, Literally. Now, yeah. I'm, I'm asking now. I, I ain't driving. No, nah, I'm, 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 talk, I'm talking about like a regular road trip. Like, you know, we, if, we, if we hit that we hit that, if, that if bird they, and all of that. If they do that, you know, I'm, I'll make we, it. We rolling out? So I'll do what I got to do. All right. Then that's all I want to know. Doc! Yes. T- talk about the swag. Forget you, that. Forget all that. No, no, no. That's first things first. We're going to talk about U of H and the comfort behind win. We'll get to Doc. Yeah, I was going to say, you know, some bigger, bigger fish issue. out there. Then well, we got to close up on in Missouri. Yeah, so we got to. Yeah. So that's. Yeah, so that's. That's not news now. No, but it's not. We broadcast. Some folks. We had a resignation. Yeah. Well, actually, two. Two resignations. Yeah. And we'll get, both of those are financial. Hush, non-Cougar alum. That's right. Non-Cougar alum. And, you, and, and okay. I'm saying it to all you Cougars that left at halftime, I left before half. You know, you all are the people that we talk about every week. You don't stay. You need to sit in your seat sometime and watch things through. I disagree. Why? If you had other stuff to do, go take care of that stuff. You spent your money to be there and sat in the seat, and that first half was crap. And I'm going to inquire that question crap. tomorrow morning at Coach's Lunch. They forgot Just who Kenneth Farrell was in the first half. Didn't get, him, didn't get him the ball. The offense looked poor. The defense looked poor. The, the drive, the Memphis scored to get 20 points, go up 20 nothing. They couldn't tackle. It, they looked like they had no idea what the hell they were doing. They looked like they were afraid. They weren't used to playing in front of a large crowd, like in front of a sold-out crowd. That, that, that could have had – a worse situation if, if that's the case because so, they probably won't get another. So honestly, that was one of my fears. Is you get, had a sold out crowd. You can go to my Instagram account because I posted yep. it at Houston Round Bar. Forty plus. You can see they the was in stands. Plus, they would add folks standing room only around. But oh, I, I, they I, played I, awful, and I was I was worried they lose this game that these fair weather fans won't go back again. Now, so they came from behind. Kyle Postman came off the bench. Wow. And for injured Greg Ward Jr. and got the job. Uh, uh, Katie, Gra- uh, uh, Katie High School product. Yeah. It, it was huge. So it was huge. They, they won 35-34. They're not 13th in the AP poll. They're still alive for a, well a New Year's bowl, group six bowl, as they call it. Yep. So, but I do have a concern, especially when it comes to dealing with Navy. No, no looking past Connecticut on this coming Saturday. Talk about that. Go ahead and talk about that. Uh, kickoff on ESPNU. But more television. The Cougs defense thrives on turnovers. And until the fourth mean? quarter, they had no takeaways last night, and Memphis was Elon, rolling, them, rolling them all over them. Alandon, they Roberts. finally got 
Two uh, turnovers. Brandon Roberts. And Remember that turned, name. That's what turned it around. The Cougars Remember linebacker with a key pick to set up uh, the touchdown to cut it to 34-28 with interception of uh, Paxton Lynch, QB, who will be in the NFL playing on Sundays because he is a legit NFL prospect at the quarterback position, 6'7", 245. He played well, and he's, he's mobile. You know, and folks, Two weeks in a row. Folks seem to forget that uh, – or folks seem to not realize that white guys can run too. When they you need know, to, so it's just like, oh, what? He's a mobile quarterback, well, but he's not—he's not one of y'all. Oh, now nah, like they have no idea I'm, that they can run. Well, we've well, been all his, all his whole career. I'm gonna ask y'all a question. Considering the last two weeks, we've seen two Sunday type Sunday type quarterbacks right in front of us. Do you think folks will actually start paying attention to U of H's defense because of what they've been able to do? The Curtail those guys in the second half, especially in the fourth quarter when they needed to make stops. Because before those two quarterbacks, let's be honest, the folks that's been in front of them, they hadn't been all that great. They hadn't played well. I mean, the Cougars defense up until the last three was weeks doing it, great it, it against been lesser talent. Right. The last two games, early, against early very turnovers, good quarterbacks. They've, early they've had problems stopping them until second half. Since that game, they held on. With four four key stops to ice that game, and let's be honest, Memphis missed a field goal that would have won the game last night. If they'd have got so, ten yards closer, we're looking at a totally so different the scenario. The Cougar defense today. is bending and not yet breaking, which is like my concern with Navy. Navy don't mess around. Navy gonna they, pound you, will run you over. So that is gonna be a tough matchup for a small defensive line like U of H has. And so I'm gonna we'll tell see you, how, Memphis how, is how, they're gonna do. They're not, they, they, they're not small. They can get to the point where they'll start to wear you down, which is yes. the biggest thing with Navy. They're going to be very consistent, very disciplined in what they do. Uh, U of H is going to have a chance to do the things that they do well. You're going to have some question with the quarterback play in regards to who you're going to put back there now. Uh, moving forward, maybe you'll do a little two-head quarterback play mm-hmm. depending on the situation. But the biggest concern you have with Navy is the fact they're not going to turn the ball over, as Chris alluded to. Um, mm-hmm. They're going to pound you with the ball. You mm-hmm. have to be very disciplined and fundamental with with the way you play your de- defensive scheme against them. And then what becomes even more challenging in the second half is they start to wear you down with the big bodies. In a lot of ways, it's the same thing you see from Alabama as they like to run the ball. So if you keep a game close with those types of teams, you can put yourself in tough positions. You really would like to get on top of them. And make them mm-hmm. chase you in a lot of ways. Right. Put takes them out of what they prefer to do, and what they do best, which is run the ball. And now, now you're talking about now. This will probably be the most mobile combo quarterback they'll see all season, just because of what what maybe Navy does with their quarterback and using him in situations. Um, they still they're, they're one of the few teams in this country that still run the triple option, um, and they use the run to set up everything else. And if I'm not mistaken, I think their quarterback um, why, is, is waiting for uh, it, uh, went and set the touchdown set record, the, the touchdown record uh, for uh, it was it NC2A? Uh, yes. And he still got two more games to go in this conference. You know, it was a question about them coming in. Keenan Reynolds, career rushing touchdown runs. Career rushing touchdowns has 81 touchdowns. He had four Saturday against SMU to give him the record. He stands alone as the all-time, the NCAA's all-time rushing touchdowns leader. 
And he, he is not a small young man nope. either. So I'm telling you, no looking. I'm, I'm not looking past Connecticut on Saturday for the Cougars. But if U of H wins that game to approve to 11-0, the Thanksgiving Friday matchup against Navy will be is going to be difficult. It's going to be the toughest challenge the Cougars probably would have faced this season. Navy ran a ball for 403 rushing yards against SMU on Saturday. They're just going to ground and pound over and over and over. So we'll see if the Cougs' smaller defensive line and linebackers and secondary will be able to deal with that. Navy is 8-1 and one for the first time since 1963. Whoa. That's so, a long So, so they, are, they are no joke. So that game is going to be huge, if, assuming both teams do their part. This coming Saturday, the U of A student section tickets only have like 150 left already for that game. So with the Cougs coming from behind Saturday night versus Memphis, hopefully they get another sellout. It's going to be kind of difficult because it's Thanksgiving Friday. So we'll be kind of curious seven people show up for the game at TDECU Stadium. But the Cougs are doing their part. They're still winning. They're 10-0. They are fun and exciting to watch. And that's part of what you want to see. Tom Herman has, has done his part by winning on the field. Kudos to the local TV station, news station, that was at the uh, Cougs home, what was it, uh, kickoff party on Friday, Friday afternoon, 4 and 5 o'clock. They had regular news updates from, uh, from campus. So maybe that helped generate and spark some interest from the casual fan to show up at TDECU Stadium Saturday night. So the game was sold out roughly an hour, two hours before kickoff last night. And it was a legit sellout. There were butts everywhere. People standing up in the, in the walkways, in the concourse. Like I said, that first half was scary. But they found a way to pull out the W and stay alive for a Power 6, Group 6, whatever the hell they want to call it, bowl game. How did they handle their SRO situation? Because... You know, it was a question of whether they would go that route once tickets were all sold, even as of Thursday when people were starting to talk about that. Oh, you'll have to ask. Oh, you go to. I mean, when you saw. I mean, they were around the rail with no problems. No one's. The views weren't obstructed, so I didn't hear any problems about okay. that. Okay. Okay. Because you know. that's usually what what you hear when and when they go in those situations. But I tell you what. Traffic was backed up. Of course, I know how to get there going back way. So I won't tell on this podcast, so I had no problem getting there. So you, you know. ain't, ain't nobody going to be getting there? You, nope. You're not going to you help your fellow? No. They mm-hmm. have to send him a private message. They sure they do. Might. And you might get an answer. Because I'm not going to tell you how, 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 how I get there where, where I park. With it. But yep. outside of that, no. It's called a secret interest for a reason. That's right. I got Boy, that I time to tell guys, game. Have a good time. Y'all not helping the poor folks out, man, getting to the state of a lot of We said we wouldn't help them out. We said we would consider. Aye. So, yeah, Navy plays Tulsa uh, Saturday at 7 p.m. U of H plays UConn or 6 p.m. Central Time on CBS Sports Network and U of H UConn on ESPNU 2.30 Central Time. And that's why it finally came up. Uh, some of the polls have come out already at, for, this, for this weekend. The AP, the coaches – S&P and the uh, Massey poll. Uh, AP has Cougars up uh, three spots. To 13. I said 13. that earlier, man. And Coaches has them at 14. With you. He, he, yeah, he uh, took me to blasting me and throwing, throwing rocks at me. Know, man, why not, man? Why not? You, you left earlier, Cougars, man. You bothered Cougars, me, man. Cougars are 14. And the Massey poll, uh, they are at uh, 15. But the uh, key is on Tuesday 
when the uh, playoff uh, committee puts out their uh, rankings for the weekend, does a two-team, a two-loss team deserves to be in the top 25? The top 25? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I don't have a problem with that. It depends, it depends on, on who it is? No, it depends on what the other teams are. If there's not enough teams with one and zero losses, then also figuring who they played, where they lost the game. So just openly, two loss, without question, I'd say, yeah, Hmm. Not a bad thing. Who do you have at 25? Who are you questioning? I mean, Wildcat, we got AP. We have, it's 10 weeks into the season. We got okay. one, two, three, I'm four, looking five, at six, the last, seven. The seven last teams three. with two losses and four with three losses. Yeah, yeah, yeah I'm going to say, you're going to start getting quite a few teams with a couple of losses. You just, you, you're not going to have that many teams with one and zero losses. Mm. I mean, you might get 15, 20 if you're lucky. But outside of that, I don't see you having that many teams. So. Two losses not that bad. You start, for example, you start looking. I get, as we jump back around, circle yeah. this in. You yeah. start looking at the FCS level. Yeah, you start to see top twenty-five teams with three, four losses. Some of those early money losses, but yeah, and, and, really and I, I kind of disregard it just because of, of just, just because of that. About those yeah. teams. So, vice versa, you start to see that now. When you get Division two polls, Division three polls, right. you yeah. don't see as much as that because uh-huh. those teams. When they get on the run, boy, yeah. they get on the run. You start to see more. They, they've made that move, and all it's, it's nobody in front yeah, of them. Too lost, so they start to do that. In fact, uh, you, while we're podcasting, I'll see if I can get some updates as the D two NCAA uh, Division two seedings for the tournament. That's right. Will start come out today, and it's supposed to start at uh, four o'clock. So we'll see if we can give you some updates to see if any HBCUs or any Texas Division II mm-hmm. programs are in the tournament before the end of our I, podcast. We'll I'm hoping uh, Mary Hart and Baylor is, is, is one of those. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see. Uh, now, since we are at, at that point, the Big 12. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And the only reason I brought that up was because of what's happening now. The two teams that I we talk about talked about at the beginning of the season that needed to show their face in order to make that all work. As you get into that, we had a special request and give a shout out to Bruce uh, Belvin that is oh, yeah. follows and listens yeah. quite a bit. Yeah. He had in regards that his statement was, and we'll see if you agree with it as you start to talk about some of these games. He called it Elimination Saturday for Baylor and TCU's National Championship hopes, the Longhorn Bowl hopes. Um, and so he talked about that, and then he throws in a little bit of the social media storm in light of Mizzou. Uh, obviously, uh, should black athletes leave what I refer to as historically white colleges, many people call it PWIs, predominantly white. Mm-hmm. I don't like the correlation. Between. I got you. At I one got time, you. they were historically white Let's, colleges. Yes, sir. Anglo-Saxon, so, ma- Protestant males I only. Call it what it was. And migrate back to HBCU. So, let's save the HBCU part till a little later okay. when we give our updates. But now, Baylor. Oklahoma. Bye. Oklahoma. Bye, Baylor. The two teams that I needed to make this all work out, but the only thing I hate about it is First, that it was an incredible game. In- entertaining, at least. There you go. That, that's the one word that I was searching for. It was entertaining. And it worked for what it needed to do to draw attention to the Big 12 because Oklahoma was involved. Right. We said this earlier that 
The Big Texas 12 needed Oklahoma need to find Texas a way. Up. Oklahoma has stepped up. And now, uh, Texas need to find a way. And all the, 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 the rest of the teams in that conference. So is Baylor done? Yes. That's what people yeah. want to know. Is Baylor done? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. They looking at a bowl situation. That's all. They, they ain't looking at a playoff. PCU it, 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 it just ain't gonna happen. It really have to get ridiculous before they get a super oh, shot. I agree with you. It, it, Their hopes. That's the reason I brought up about the, the one the team and uh, the, the two teams in the Brazos Brazos River. Yeah, was currents are floating. They floated on away. Washington on the Brazos is just ain't that now. TCU's done. Oklahoma State almost, almost. Yeah, blew that chance. And I, I still got to State on the road. Now my question as we get in this deeper: Stanford lost. The Pac-12 is out. So the Pac-12 is out. I and Utah lost. Everybody in that conference has two losses, at lost. least two losses. So that pseudo-playoff game between nah. Stanford and Notre Dame. Ain't going to matter now. No, it's still big. It doesn't matter. Well, it, matter, it matters Stanford, toward, toward Notre, Notre Dame. Notre Dame. But it doesn't matter toward Stanford. That's right. So if you come up to it and you have Notre Dame and Oklahoma, one loss apiece, Notre Dame gets the win over Stanford, Oklahoma wins the Big 12 with the win over Oklahoma State. undefeated Oklahoma State at the time. Uh-huh. I'm listening. Who gets in? Oklahoma does. I'm going with Notre Dame, particularly if you forget we forget so fast. That, Notre Dame has the this. win over Texas. Okay. And that's the beat hit, down that's head to head. Oklahoma, Oklahoma lost has to a loss to Texas. That's the difference. Plus, Notre Dame's loss is to possibly – the undefeated and championship champion of the ACC, Clemson. Hmm. Oklahoma uh, does have a win over Tennessee, fading fast. Yeah. They have a tough loss to, to Texas that is not going to be bowl eligible. Right. And only, and only Oklahoma State stands in their way. And, and I mean, literally, that's, that's who stands in, 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 in their way. Because it all boils down to that one game right now. This now, those are two brand names. Yeah, we make it a little easier. Because T-Bone Pickens is just my man. He's yes. my man. He's my guy. Oklahoma State. Yep. They had a winning the Big Twelve. One loss Notre Dame. Who gets the Notre Dame? Notre Dame gets gets, gets that bit. Gets gets it makes it jump over. So essentially, Oklahoma State. So essentially. Big 12 is done, too, unless Stanford beats Notre Dame. Yes, my opinion, yes. Yeah. Oklahoma State's non-conference. Central Michigan, Central Arkansas, UTSA. It's just like Baylor. I'm sorry if I re- am repeating myself, but Big 12, you bring this on yourself. You're relying on the strength of your conference but rather you only than got schedule non-conference, strong non-conference opponents. Central Michigan, Central Arkansas, and UTSA – Body of work. That's what it's supposed to be about. Correct? Yeah. Body of work. That's what they said. correct. So, Notre Dame's non-conference schedule, and I saw this yesterday. Notre Dame was hurt with Temple losing to USF and Sanford's losing uh, to Oregon. Alabama, LSU lost yesterday. That's the second one. Old Miss has already lost. Yeah. Who they, I mean, Alabama lost to Ole Miss. So, why, why isn't Alabama hurt by LSU's loss or other losses. You know, LSU lost to Arkansas. Now, because I, I'm a, I'm a, because it, people uh, are in love with the brand of Alabama. Okay. Thank you. Because that, now, that came up last night in the discussion also. Talking about brands and all, you know, teams. Alabama is who uh, apparent, ha, who has been anointed this season in particular 
They always have known it. They've been known the last well, few Well, that, that's true, but and it's, for whatever reason. And Ohio State embarrassed them. Send them on. Yeah. I don't know what this is. saving and talking about what his team wasn't ready to do instead of what he didn't do. Well, I, I think it all boiled down to Urban understood what he was facing. And oh, what, Urban and, got a nice little payback. And, he uh, has uh, Saban's number. I mean, they go to for that back from when he was in Florida. Florida. He got so he, un- he understands what he was looking at, you yeah. know, and what he, what, what he needed no, to prepare no for. No question about it. Now, and, of course, Alabama has, has a, uh, a bye week this week, this Saturday, playing oh, so Charleston so. Southern. Really? Who is that? Yeah. The FCS. Charleston Southern. Is it FCS? They're nine Late and one season? apparently though. They're nine and one, but it's still it ain't it ain't uh, you know it, it ain't a, a FBS school. You know you exactly. you dropping down. Yeah, Alabama, you don't have to. You play in the SEC that everybody believes is second to none, so you don't have to. I mean, they're in. They win it. They're in. We're not questioning them. Apparently, well, well we, we are, but no one else is. We yeah. should, you know. but we're saying the people should. So it's Clemson. Bonafide right now? Yeah, Clemson, unless they lose to North Carolina. But I think whoever wins the ACC is going to get in. I mean, you have North Carolina, one loss, the one loss to South Carolina, beginning of the season. People are going to forget that. They didn't run the table. They beat a undefeated Clemson team in the tournament. They're in. Hmm. Who's going to – who are you going to knock out? You're going to play uh, – you're going to get a nod to Oklahoma over North Carolina? Yeah, maybe. I mean, they're they're not conversation ain't that strong either. Other than South Carolina, they played North Carolina, A and T, Illinois, and Delaware. Oh, and yeah, they play two FCS teams. Mm-hmm. North Carolina, A and T, and Delaware both FCS. So that that might hurt them a little bit as well. Yeah. So Oklahoma oh. might get the bid over North Carolina. I can see it in that scenario. Because the question came up. Before the coaches came in yesterday uh, about uh, about playing FCS schools and how they relate to it as far as toward your your win season, um, and it had to relate to, if I'm not mistaken, um, reminder scholarships, how long they've and how many they have full scholarships on budget toward either the 65 or the 85. Correct. If they're and full then, scholarship. FCS program, then right. you can count them towards the bowl game. And they got it, 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 it amount of time, a, a time yeah, period that they do it over a four or five year period. Okay, that's what I couldn't I mean, remember. You can count it once every five years toward the bowl victory. But I, 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 I was the one thing I couldn't think of, and I was like, damn it, Doc is not here, yeah. and I can't ask that question. Yeah. But yeah, you, you just you answered a question, and the person that asked me that and wanted to argue me down, yeah, uh, you owe me uh, lunch. <laughs> you owe me lunch. That's pretty good. You I'm, person. I'm glad I helped you with lunch. Oh yeah. <laughs> I mean, healthy though. Well, like, he, it, well it, he owes us steaks anyway, right? Then he owes some yes. steaks. Yeah. yeah, yeah, he does. Yeah, yeah. hey, he does. don't worry. Yes, they he coming. Did you, y'all know we got. I'm gonna make the arrangement now for the for the day to take out. We all meet at the steakhouse. All right. It's gonna be good. So uh, let's let's you know Baylor. You know, people talking about well, you know, our starting quarterback ain't healthy. Hey, your rest- your defense you- still aren't healthy. Well, they couldn't stop anybody. That's not my problem. That's a you problem. Other teams are winning with backup quarterbacks. And 
Everybody's down. Even if it's true, it's not going to change. It's not going to change the fact that you still what they're going to do for the seed in the tournament. Yeah. Not gonna... And the depth chart to these four teams that are here in these four uh, football programs here in town, they are all playing with subpar offensive line right now. All four of them. And it doesn't matter. For whatever reason, you'll basically find a way to figure it out and not get burned by 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 depth situation. So it's uh, uh, no excuses. Uh, tomorrow will be a bellwether day for um, how Rice decides they they want to turn it around and and win to you know and get finish the season with at least one win out of these next next two because uh, they are hanging on by a thread as far as getting to a bowl situation. Um, the conference is hooked up to five bowls, uh, but one of the, the two conferences, two of the mid mid conferences, are hooked up to six and seven, and I don't think they'll make them all. So it it, uh, it would depend on what teams are available and doesn't mind going or, or accepting a subpar uh, with just a six win season. And it's been done before because we've all seen it for the wrong reason. Am I am I wrong? It's, it's you're not wrong, but a 500 team should not make a bowl. Well, now that's true. You know, that's but, my but, opinion. But you have 8,000 of them. So you, there you go. You run out of you teams, got, so you, you got to have, you gotta have somebody to play. To, to play in it. Wildcats, they, they lost, I think, uh, it, wasn't, it wasn't senior night, but 65 to 10 at home to Southern Miss. Homecoming. Homecoming. Thank you. That's what I'm and, and the first and, – and both teams here in town – well, I'll take that back. All three teams here in town that played yesterday, for whatever reason, nobody knew how to start the game. TSU situation was... Uh, it was TSU's senior day. Senior day. And they locked up. Oh. And, and got rolled by uh, Alcorn. And two situa- two different defensive situations, two different scores. 65 to 13. And the first one was a... Backup quarterback Norris Footman put up 185 yards, two touchdowns, going 11 of 18. So say say that again. Uh, what quarterback? Backup quarterback ba- John uh, backup. Jr. Oh, so you so you're saying backups can't win games too? Hey, they rolling yeah. at all. Oh, oh he well, put up 65. Just let me make sure my Baylor fans can hear what I'm saying. You said backup quarterback won a game. Oh, okay. Yes, he did. Yeah. Hey, Potman. Wide receiver so, season off as a wide receiver. He so, went from a position can, to position. Oh, it can't be done. No, and, and the backup yes, quarterback won games and then prior to yesterday. Running back to get involved as Darian Ragsdale put up 115 oh, in the touchdown on just nine he, carries. He looked like he was just rolling out to yesterday. Is TSU going to be looking for a new head coach? I believe so. Um, it, Despite it's a, the fact it's they recovered from a difficult decision to make from the way the fans are quite frustrated. I'm sure Charles. Uh, He's going to be concerned in terms of moving forward who they, who he would go after if he's going to bring him in. But the fact is, is the contract is up. So you okay. don't have any financial. Uh, well, then the other part of that would be, are they how far along uh, have they finished their uh, NC2A situation? Well, they still won't be clean until 2017 in terms of getting all the numbers up. Okay. And that would be the justification to keep him. That's why I said it doesn't matter to me who you bring in. Oh, okay, you, you still got somebody. somebody you still got that hanging over you. Got to deal with that thing. But I think it's to the point now. To be honest with everybody, is the fact that 
as an organization, Texas Southern University didn't do a very good job of putting that out front of what type of hill landmines were in front of Texas Southern uh-huh. in terms of the APR and the other penalties associated with the previous coaching staff with the NCA right. and how difficult that was uh, to overcome. Pep Hamilton. So, Pep Hamilton, he's available. I'm just saying. Yeah, that's a lot. That is true. That is true. It is, but I'm just, I'm saying. A lot of money, and it'll be interesting to see where he is in his life in regards to what opportunities. And that's the other thing you got to look at, too. Does he think he's still on the rise? Does he think he can still get opportunities first at the NFL level and then obviously at the collegiate level? And does he want to moving from. Does he want to come in? Basically, three different positions. You're talking about going up from going from professional level to what now we look at the Power Five to the next five. Mm And then, and then below that, yeah, then the FCS. The FCS, and some people would even separate that between uh, the top FCS programs yeah. and where HBCUs are. And with that, you even have a difference now that we start to see things shaking out between those brand-name FCS programs and the others in Texas Southern. As much as it's a brand, in my opinion, in terms of basketball, not so much in terms of football. Make that call, though. No, I think you make that, make that call. call. There's alumni uh, yeah. that uh, many people have been talking about uh, at Vanderbilt as well. Yeah. Uh, that a lot of people would be excited about. But I think he's going to have he'll a like, he'll great deal offers, of people yeah. that will have some interest in this job. So I don't think that's going to be a problem. But you got to really make the right call in regards to what's going on here. So it will be surely intriguing. Um, to see what's going on. Well, and Doc, I'm glad you made that little statement right there because... Because right down the street, Prairie View had this situation last year. They had a coach that was at the end of this contract. And oddly enough on that one, it wasn't so much in regards to just pure win-loss. There became some concerns in terms of how Northern uh, were voicing some of his displeasure with some things. And that ended up in my opinion, looking the way they decided just to sever the relationship because the contract was up. Obviously, it's worked out for Prairie View in year number one with Willie Simmons, uh-huh. who has gotten to 7-2, 7-1 in the conference race, defeating Alabama State, the next hottest team in behind Prairie View and Grambling was Alabama State in terms of winning four, uh, five, four straight games mm-hmm. uh, in terms of that matchup. And they were down there and handled Alabama State. Coached by Brian Jenkins, a mm-hmm. uh, very solid coach that did everything in Bethune-Cookman and has left Bethune-Cookman in good shape as they're fighting for a MEAC championship this year. Prairie View defeated Alabama State 38-13. to um, Trey Green continues to show out. He was 16-27, 299 yards and two touchdowns. Jonte Bear, boy, Prairie View fans are going to sorely miss him in terms of what he's able to do. Small in stature, but he is brilliant and talented in terms of going 18 carries for 100 yards rushing. And then he finds a way to get in the box score uh, in terms of all-purpose. He does kickoff returns where he'll get it done on kickoff returns where he did two for 45. You know, that's averaging 22.5 yards uh, per punt. Uh, kickoff return, that's putting you in some very good position. He had a longer 29, so he gets it done there. And then you talk about he does it in terms of a receiver. He can get it done. He puts up 26 uh, on four receptions uh, as he gets it done with two touchdowns. Um, 
in regards to the rushing side. So, didn't even have a trick play. He went from one for one, passing the ball back to Trey Green for a 16 yard and set up a touchdown uh, later on that drive. So, they get it done in many different facets as Willie Simmons is really putting on a show. It'll be interesting. Can they find a way to get in the top 25? I think snake, sneaking into the playoffs at the FCS level after next week, you'll see the playoff bid come out. There are at-large bids, and they will be in the running for that. But I think that may be a little bit of a reach in terms of what they've done this season. But interesting. And the reason why we talk about pretty much closing out this season with Prairie View is the fact that Grambling State defeated Arkansas Pine Bluff. So they're 8-0. Since they have the head-to-head tiebreaker, the Bayou Classic doesn't really come into effect with Southern having two losses. So even if Gramlin loses that game, Prairie View wins, they'll be 8-1, and one, but Gramlin will get the tie to head-to-head tiebreaker. So Gramlin State people can book your tickets uh, starting <laughs> last night here to Houston for Dang. the SWAC Championship game on December 5th. That is the same week that we're doing the HBCU Athletic Research Consortium Conference from the 2nd to the 5th, uh-huh. starting out that Wednesday with the Ben L. Calvo HBCU Football Award and Banquet. Uh, we'll honor a Texas-based kid uh, with basically the HBCU Player of the Year Award. So we're really excited about that. And then if you want to get into discussion with research, presentations on HBCUs from an athletic standpoint, everywhere from athletic directors all the way down to researchers, and marketing people, uh, you do not want to miss this conference again. You can go to thg-agc.com and look it up at hbcu-arc or the Big Ben to get information. If you want tickets to the banquet, you can go to again hbcu. I mean, excuse me. You can go to thg-agc.com and go to Big Ben and you can purchase tickets. If you want to register to a conference, you can go to THD-agency.com and go to HBCU-ARC, the Athletic Research Consortium, to kind of get that painted out. So it'll be interesting. Southern had a big win over Alabama A&M. I would say Alabama A&M is probably my biggest disappointment this year. We were looking for the Bulldogs to do a little more there at 2-7, and 2-5, and five, and they've gotten pounded every time they've had a chance to make a statement with the upper echelon teams. Uh, in the SWAC. That early indication where they played that 50-point game and yeah. Prairie View got out of there, we thought the Alabama. Just the aberration? That's yeah, all? I think it was. At that time, Prairie View trying to figure out what they were doing on the defense. As you can see, Prairie View has much improved its defense just over the second half of the year, which says a lot in terms of what they're able to do and what Willie Simmons has done. But A&M, the Bulldogs, are just disappointed as they get stomped by Southern 46-7. Austin Howard was 21-27, 312 yards and two touchdowns in that contest. Leonard Tillery continues to get it done. 12 carries, 127 yards on a touchdown. Big game by him as Southern just really puts it up in various different ways. So those are are big matchups, as we said. Texas Southern really taking it in the neck, and we'll see how that will end going on. This really sets up in the MEAC a colorful matchup that is essentially going to be for the championship of the conference next week. And it happens to be a rivalry game. doesn't get any bigger or better than that. You have North Carolina Central coming in, going to Greensboro, home of the Aggies, as they say down there. 7-3, 6-1 MEAC. You have North Carolina Central over Howard, 1-19, 1-6, 41-6. Johnson 
the quarterback here from Pearland had had two or at least one brilliant game against Savannah State, but he came back down to earth as he seen the top of the conference. He struggled a little bit there. Uh, he did rush for 57 yards on 15 carries to try to get that done as they were only able to put up three field goals in that contest. But Kalen Johnson will be heard from next year, I think. I think he'll take his game and Howard to the next level and look for him to be on the Big Ben watch list coming out next year in terms of preemptive strikes as you think about some of that. Florida A&M still struggling 1-9, 1-6. They were defeated by Morgan State 21-7. South Carolina State was in a tug of war with Norfolk State. Uh, Norfolk State has to find a way to take that next step with South Carolina State. Rebounds from that tough loss. Uh, to North Carolina A&T last week, 9-6. People remember that score game that they believe they should have won. South Carolina State wins over Norfolk State 17-10. to uh, They're at 5-2, and two, pretty much out of the championship race. But the game that everybody wants to hear about outside of Hampton, DeVete, and Santa, Savannah State 4-2, the 3 is the fact that North Carolina A&T did their part. Defeating Delaware State, who's 0-10, 0-7, look like they'll be the only HBCU team mm. that can't get a win this year. We'll see next week if they can sneak it in and get it done against Howard. They have a fighting chance. Howard is struggling, but uh, we'll see. Doc, if are they going to ever get a win? They, they, they'll get a win. I think their coach is pretty good. They need some help. They're similar to Valley around here. Uh-huh. We're going to pine bluff where they're not really doing the scholarship limits. And I just don't think you can play at the FCS level, even in the conference affair without the scholarships. A&T won 27-6 as they were supposed to. Quick didn't play. The quarterback quick. So it'll be interesting to see how serious his injury is and whether he'll be back for that home game against North Carolina Central. What goes down in this matchup? A&T wins. They lock up undefeated. They win it outright. Championship. They're headed to the Celebration Bowl. If they lose, North Carolina Central uh, will be head-to-head. Then the question becomes, will Bethune-Cookman beat FAMU in the Florida Classic? If Bethune-Cookman beats FAMU, obviously you see now you have 7-1 between these three teams and the fact that you had North Carolina A&T beating Bethune-Cookman 28-26 earlier this season and the fact that A&T, though, came back and beat, uh, excuse me, I should say A&T beat Bethune-Cookman. That was 24-14. It was North Carolina Central losing to Bethune-Cookman 28-26, which causes this round robin. And in that format, if three-way tie, A&T would get the tiebreaker based on the schedule playing more FCS teams. So they would still find a way to end up in Atlanta for them. But it gets interesting if Bethune-Cookman somehow loses the FAMU. I don't see that happen. Then North Carolina Central defeats A&T. Then North Carolina Central finds a way uh, to be the champion because they would have the head-to-head tiebreaker with two teams tied, and they would find themselves in Atlanta for the celebration to find out who's going to play with the SWAC championship game being Grambling State, as I told you. Look like all corn. They're all but in. There is still a sliver of hope. Yeah, they talked about that the yesterday. Alabama State. They kind of like get ease. In Jackson they went to State, there could be some three-way tie. Everything would have to fall out. Alcorn wins one more game, they're in. They can lock it up this week, which I believe they will against Alabama A&M, but not so fast, my friends, in terms of putting them in the championship game. It'll be interesting to see. Uh, as the, we talked about an interview with John Gibbs Jr., Right. Uh, he plans to be back for that championship game. I think that's interesting. I'm not sure if they're leading on just how 
bad he is injured. If you're talking about just coming back for the SWAC championship game, do you have play him in that game with a backup, as we talked about, that has played really well? Last week he set a SWAC record with over 200 yards rushing, so he's played really well. He's won two out of the last three games. He did have that loss to Prairie mm-hmm. View that we talked about. So those are some things that you want to think about. And and concerning the John Gibbs uh, Jr. situation, had a chance to talk to him on yesterday. Um, and who are you? I am the Fifth Ward Wildcat. You can find me online at uh, AKSVDCSR, the College Sports Report, YouTube. It will be up within the uh, next uh, 24 to 48 hours only because uh, we had to chop up the uh, interview in between uh, the uh, post, uh, post-game post uh, press conference. But he was walking okay. Wasn't, wasn't, with, a, with, wasn't with a limp okay. or anything. So, uh, and I didn't discuss the injury situation only because uh, that's a privacy issue. And I don't get into that. I kind of like let that go because the insurances and, you know, how they discuss that stuff on you, you still got to cut it out. But to make a long story short, he was moving without uh, restriction on yesterday. So that 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 that's helpful. So considering the conversation that you had with uh, them talking about him coming, because he even mentioned that he he would be back. Yeah, I think it's know, big for that because um, uh, the voting is going on right now for the finalist list of the Big Ben Cavill, and he's up to it. He's getting a lot of votes as uh, people are <laughs> celebrating what he is. He, he's a that, big fan he, favorite. So. He, he he talked about a lot of things. He and I talked about a lot of things on yesterday. Yeah, uh, so, uh, he he's leading the vote side as the fans can go. Uh, to TSU Dash Agency, the Big Ben Award, and vote. John Gibbs has 344 votes, 38%. Uh, he's leading. Cornelius Henderson, a defensive tackle, if you will, for Jackson State, who has 289 votes, 31.97%. Surprisingly, you have a punter in the mix from Texas Southern. He must have all his family out there voting, but kudos <laughs> to him. Get it done. Corey That's what you're Carter. supposed to do. And he's talented. Don't be surprised if you don't see him seriously get a chance on Sunday. That guy can punt the ball. He had some games where if you're a Texas Southern fan, he uh-huh. probably punted too much for your liking. But when he gets his chance, uh-huh. he can do it really well. He can pin you deep. He has long punts, 50-yard. He had one for 80 yards where he just punted over everybody's head from his own one-yard line. The kid is talented. Whether he gets drafted, you know, that's a sure, question yeah. in terms of punters. They don't always like to draft him, but he's that type that can get it done, which reminds me of the kid from Fort Valley State that punts for Oakland Raiders. So there's some chances where you see uh, Division II uh, Raiders programs get a chance. <laughs> really? Oakland Raiders get a chance to get out there and, and make Derek a Derek Carr, the right car. Hey, he's, hey. he's getting it done. Trey Green is in the mix uh, uh, in terms of some of the voting things in here. Jonte Abert, 66 votes, 7.3. So it'll be interesting to see who will be these top three, four, five, maybe six candidates will actually punch their tickets to be at the banquet to see who will get this coveted inaugural uh, Big Ben L. Cavill Sr. Big Ben Award in terms of what's going on there. Let me close it out with the HBCU scenario of what took place at the Division II, what we refer to as the mid-major level. Big games, big-time games. Boy, I saw both of them aspire television broadcasting games. The first one was a CIAA matchup between Winston-Salem State. Let me say Winston-Salem State was buried for dead. They come in the game 5-5, lost the first four games, 
playing pitiful, but they rebounded, bounced back. They were fortunate from the fact that they were playing in the Southern Division where everybody was not very talented this year. So they had a chance. They did what they had to do in terms of beating Fayetteville State. They punched their ticket to the championship game. And what do you do? When you play for a championship, that means you just need one game to get yes, it done. They literally down 14-0 in this game, had one drive right before the half that really put them back in the game in terms of going in at halftime at 14-7, snuck around, if you would, or stuck around, I should say, in the game, scored on a second-to-last drive, basically, to tie it up. And would you have it that old Mo, momentum came down on their side. They literally took the ball all the way down to the one-yard line Two seconds left on the clock. Kick a field goal. Break the heart of the Bulldogs who have never won a CIAA championship. Been there a couple of times. Looking like their first chance to do this. Very resilient team for the Bulldogs. Nah. Um, and they lose that game 17-14. But all is not lost today. I told you earlier about the football selection for the NCAA Division II. Right. Bowie State gets the bid. They're in. Okay. So good for them. Virginia Union, another team that was probably upset with Bowie State, as we talked about last year, uh-huh. last week, I should say, in terms of the NCAA ruling, uh, the vacation of right. per- percentage of it. Virginia Union thought they should have found a way to crack their ticket in the game. They did lose that head-to-head. So some people weren't too disappointed in the fact that Bowie State played their game. Obviously, the way it came down, a very talented game. Can't, but Virginia Union. Gets in the playoffs. So, big nods to the Virginia Union Panthers getting in. The other one was Tuskegee. We talked about the upset last week. Right. To Miles College. Right. Miles College did them a favor by winning. Uh, the SIC Championship went defeating Albany State 20-7, to which allows Tuskegee in a lot of ways to be solid in terms of going in with only two losses. They get a bid to the playoffs as well. They'll face Chattop. Chattawaba, I should say, next Saturday. So three HBCUs are in the FCS division. I mean the Division Two playoffs. So we'll see how that affect the poll rankings in terms of some changing goings on there. We'll give you the top five really, really quick in terms you can see here on Tuesday the entire top ten. Top five looks at number five, Miles Golden Bears. We told you they win the SIC championship. And number four, Langston Lions, 73-5-1. They bounced back after they changed their coach. Their coach has won four straight games. They're rolling now. It'll be interesting to see if they can find a way at 73-5-1, closing out very well in the Central State Football League. Can they get a playoff bid to the NAIA? It'll be the second year in a row that they're looking for a playoff bid. We'll see what happens there and keep you updated on that. Number three. Bowie State Bulldogs, they fall from number one as they lose the CIAA championship 9-2-7-0, but they do get the bid to the Division II playoffs. At number two, Tuskegee Golden Tigers, 8-2-6-1. They were idle this week because they didn't play in the championship game, but they get a bid to the playoffs. They move up one spot from number three last weekend. And number one, new number one, third consecutive week where we have a new number one team, Virginia Union Panthers, 8-2-6-1. They did not play last weekend, but the fact that they won that game against Virginia State two weeks ago and the fact that Bowie State and uh, lost um, this weekend, Tuskegee last, last weekend, gives them just a notch 
103 points to 102 with five first place votes to creep in that number one spot. We'll see how that goes down with what teams do in the playoffs in terms of the mid-major division. Moving on to the major division. Should be interesting here? Not really. Top five teams stay the same. Let me just roll it out to you. We see where the top ten teams are. North Carolina Central at number five. At number four, Prairie View and Panthers. At number three, Grambling State Tigers. At number two, Bethune-Cookman Wildcats. At number one, North Carolina A&T Aggies. Let me give you those records. North Carolina Central Eagles are 73-61 in the conference race. Prairie View and Panthers, 72-71 in the conference race. Grambling State Tigers, 8-0 in the conference race. Both of those teams out of the SWAC going back into the MEAC. Bethune Cookman Wildcats 8-2-6-1. North Carolina AT Aggies 9-1-7-0 in terms of what they do in the MEAC. That's what sets up this five versus number one for it all essentially in the MEAC next weekend. That will do it for the sport component of uh, HBCU updates this week. It should be interesting as we start to close out. One thing I would like to say, Chris, I got to give you a shout out in terms of basketball. I know that's where all the knowledge is for you in regards. You'll be proud of me. I'm keeping an eye on it early this year. Swack has got into some wins. Alabama, Alabama State. Two wins over the weekend. I was happy as about well that. Arkansas Pamela. They defeat Seattle, I believe it was. Yes. August, uh, you have Alabama mm-hmm. A&M going down mm-hmm. and defeating Tulane. And then Poor American, that's a bad. I don't want to mention I, that one. Kind of right. that, hey, to the I, American. I, I, I'm, I'm gonna tell you when Alabama I State, when State, I State has Tech. the biggest brand name win is they defeat Virginia yes. Tech of the, out of the Power Five ACC. ACC. Hey, so yeah. Hey, hey, hey. But Doc. But uh, now I'm gonna ask you this question. DC State got to win two outside of the sweat. When when that starts to happen, what transpires when they start to, when, when, to, behind that as far as them being able to keep those games going? Once, once teams I don't know. Like it's going to be interesting. Because, a, you know, that, that, we, to be honest with you, I think that's a brilliant question from the standpoint, but I can't honestly answer that question because since I've been following for the last 10 years, I'm not sure if we've seen this. Uh, usually, that's, that's a lot of wins in one and early. Five, I'm, yeah, it, 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 I'm talking about first four or five week. games, two or three weeks before we see the SWAC with their first win. I'm talking about Division One win. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Outside of this. So yeah. to get three Division One wins. Including one over a Power Five, another over a solid mid-major program in terms of the American mm-hmm. a conference. To do that is uh, pretty much unheard of right now. So it'll be interesting to see, and I'll make sure I keep you updated. And, and what does this mean? Because this I think wasn't that's a brilliant question. the flag bearer of the conference, Texas right. Southern or Southern. Or Southern. Yeah. So they still got some chances so to get this done, So it also tells too. you that this may be a very competitive league this week. Now, Alabama A&M, I told everybody a couple of weeks ago, keep your eyes on them. They have the player of the year. Right. They sure do. Uh, preseason player of the year in yep. the swag, I should say. And they have four seniors. Yep. So if it's a time for you to get it done. This is it. This is it. This is it. If you're going to make your run. This is and it. And change things up. This is it. And get, a, uh, and, and get that one. This your shot. Let's 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 talk about uh, Mizzou and the chairman of the board of regents and the president. But also the question that Bruce asked us about African American athletes: should they stay or should they go to return or start going to HBCUs? The Top Before tier athletes. Ladarius tab that I was thinking about yeah, this season yeah. of the year, which ties in with this question in terms of should they go back? And I'm not, I'm not of uh, the person to say should they. I would 
I think you need to do what is your best right. fit. To me, the, the question, if he'll allow me to change it just a little bit, will this affect students going back? And I say one incident is not going to be enough no. to change the tidal wave of what would take place. I think it does give students options. To, to like sit back and an option, and I think you will find a couple <coughs> of them that may think twice in regards to do it. But I think it does more damage. Uh, at at first, it would have if Missouri didn't take the kind of stance they did right. in terms of recruiting because they made that kind of stance. Uh, I think it gives them a little more room for them to say, "Look, that we don't we don't take this lightly." It'll be intriguing now because not only do we have that fact, but we also had the resignation of the coach mm-hmm. due to his illness, right? Uh, being serious yeah. in regards to Lafon what was going on and, there. Uh, and so Lafoma, so we need to make sure that we put that out there is that that can change this around a little bit too, depending on who they bring in. Uh, and that's going to be a pretty covenant job in regards to this tied to the SEC, the success that he's been able to show and, that he's been able to have true. getting to the, to the SEC championship game. I almost said swag. Uh, that wouldn't be good for people trying to compare the two there, uh, even though we're talking about those right, changes from right. HBCU to historically white college and universities. You know, it's, it's, Gary, it's, it's Gary Pickle I, is the head coach. He's resigning due to uh, to uh, fight cancer. Uh, now, Doc, you just, everybody mentioned this one weird keyword I thought this this week a lot. One change. I was always taught or told that in order to make change, one or two options has to has to arise and be forefront. One, you have to have the money, or two, you have to have the votes. It still involves the human situation, uh, and that's the way I'm saying it. Situation, because once you make a decision on votes, uh. Bodies, you better have numbers if you intend on making change. That was a decision by the players. I don't know who brought it up to them. How did it come about? The fact that they, they acted. That the group. Uh, but but the fact talk that to them. It, 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 there's a tie in here that people may not realize. Go that ahead. People, particular people that are outside of the historical framework. What I talk about the. Uh, Sporting HBC diaspora. In this case, we're just talking about the African American diaspora. Okay. If you would, and, and the fact is, is that uh, the gentleman that went on the hunger strike was a member of Phi Beta Sigma fraternity. And those that understand the cultural connection between the fraternities and what they stood for mm-hmm. very early, and it seems what they stand for currently is the fact in terms of empowering uh, the African American community in terms of racial pride. If you would, being able to show your masculinity. Uh, and for women uh, to sh- show their femininity as well in terms of the sororities. Uh, the gentleman that actually wrote the letter to uh, the board of Missouri, uh, the curators, if you would, he was a member of Alpha Phi Alpha fraternity. The tie that makes this intriguing is the fact that one of the guys that they find out that was up front on the football team in terms of saying that we need to look at this series. He also is a member of Alpha Phi Alpha Fraternity. So they were in the same chapter. So this back door, if you would, this African-American cultural experience that um, 
can be very strong. I'm not sure if people realize the connection that these fraternities and these organizations on campus played in being able to go to the football team or somebody that was on the football team that was also connected to these fraternities and how I'm sure that they had conversations uh, over a period of time and how they have been affected. Maybe not when they were hanging with the football team, but when they were hanging with the fraternity brothers in terms of visually seeing some of these racial overtones that took place, if not out and out racial. And I'm, I, I'm so glad. And so that that's a point that I think is very important that we make sure that we connect to this, that a lot of the other news organizations, right. in my opinion, are kind of leaving out. I am so glad that this transpired and it showed a different light on what the next generation is coming through. Right, but because I think sometimes... The only reason I'm saying no, that I think your point is, is because I think you're, I think it was done in an orderly fashion. But I think, you're making a great, I think you're making a great point, and I'm not trying to stop you from making your point. I just want us to be careful because sometimes we're so fast with our different generations, and because a different generation doesn't do it the same way we do it, we say that they're not thinking about that. But again, remember, I pointed out this last week. If we do not look at this in isolation, something else. These something else. Individuals, these students, right? Yeah. These college athletes have been moving in this direction. Professional athletes have moving in this direction for a well, period of time now. Going back to LeBron James uh, in Miami when they took the hoodie and made a statement. That is part and partial of where you're getting. Moving for this. When you have, I can't breathe. When you have the boycott to some degree with the Clippers in regards to taking off the jerseys or turning them inside out. So if you've seen this movement for a while, it's, this is just the latest and the largest. So don't get it twisted and see this in isolation. If you do, you're going to miss what's coming because it's coming. And some folks are afraid of what's coming. Yeah. Exactly. And I have to throw in the fact that Grambling was out front at HBCU when they actually made a statement with their boycott not to go to Jackson State. It may have been over facilities, but it is still, in my opinion, the still broader picture of that framework. And let's not leave out Northwestern when they were considering and actually went and voted. Obviously, we don't know what the vote was. Well, Doc... And it doesn't Doc, matter to see, me. Doc, the fact that they voted tells Doc, you that Doc, you're Doc, Doc, see, there you change. go. Doc, Doc, see, there Change going to come. Doc, there you go. Talking change about. going to come. How dare these student athletes, excuse me, how dare these young people protest see, in America, of, of Doc? all people, how dare all, they Doc, protest you and I just in went America? That and didn't even bring that, didn't even how didn't dare protest they, that Doc, How dare there they protest go. in America? There he go with that word. Despite the fact that America was founded on protest. How dare these young people do that? Uh, what uh, gives them that? Who they think they are? Because, Americans? Okay. Oh, snap. My bad. <laughs> <Yeah>. Because <laughs> they getting an, a, an education... Tweets out there that, yeah, oh, oh, yeah. that they need to oh, after that, that, what took place. They, they need to be quiet and, and, and just go and, and just play ball and, and somebody. Because my brief would and why I really got upset, and I will admit, I it, it was a it was a look in a brain frame that I went to that I don't like. Let's say to a dark place because somebody that don't know what they're talking about open their mouth up about 
we can just go and get us 20 or 30 ball of students and go and play this game and lose it. Yeah, and I mean, you're going to have ignorance out there like that. And, and it's and good that you pointed out because that, that needs to be that, called what it is, it, ignorance. It, it, just like you had a lot of people telling these athletes that they need to be happy and, that they're in America, and not playing, that what's and, going yeah. on in France. And, and, and I to another and our school. That was that, that was that was egregious in terms of that and had sporting implications with the fact that you had the bomber that actually tried to get into the soccer, soccer match or yeah. the football matches they talk about over there between France and Germany that actually set off the bomb and a lot of people are saying in some part maybe set off the other sales that um, the terrible accident where you had a hundred plus individuals losing their life in, and in the, France. In the words of former basketball coach have your facts together because if you don't know uh, uh, what you're talking about and don't understand and you ain't uh, you spouting off. some off, people that call you on it. Everybody's not going to be quiet and just uh, let you say what you say. Without yeah, see, that's, 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 that's what's happening now is fewer talk- fewer, more and more people are speaking up instead of uh, staying silent and allowing some of these. There you go. These uh, non-facts and mistruths to go unchecked. And that's one reason that uh, some people are frightened about change that is happening. Because far too long, it's too many of us have sat silent and accepted stuff as is. or it, That's how it is. It's not going to change. And more Bro. and more students, more and more athletes, pro and college, are are becoming the change and being the change they want to see. And that's the bottom line. Gentlemen. Yeah. What? What? Got to talk about, hell, I don't know what's wrong with the now four and six Houston Rockets. But no way in the world, if you'd have told me after ten games, the Rockets would be four and six and have, I think, the fourth or fifth worst record in the Western Conference out of ten games. Let me let me let me approach this because somebody texted me and, and asked me a question last night to ask: Do they still hold on to that Christmas Day game? What for TV? That ain't gonna change. That's Essence Stone. That's not gonna change. Why? Why would that? What? What, what were they hoping that it would be moved? <laughs> that, that somebody else would be on TV rather than the Rockets. Mm-hmm. You got five six games scheduled for that day, and all of them going, are on are on TV. All of yeah. I'm talking about on network TV. Yeah. Like, like, like. yeah. Rocket Spurs, 7.30. Christmas, Christmas night. Oh, yeah. they got a primetime game, too. Oh, that they need, gonna, be, that they need to be change. like UCF right now, playing the early game at, at breakfast or lunch. <laughs> but that's... that's Doc, yeah, that's, that's, you laughing, Doc, but I'm serious. I mean, that's where you are right now. Because it's what... It, but it, that, you're, mean, not, you're not showing a product that should be at primetime right watch now. Watch the Spurs. The Spurs play well enough to trump this trash Rockets putting on the floor right now. Like I said. Watch the Spurs. Rockets are allowing 105 points at least in all 10 games thus far this That's season. A lot so of, defense is a problem. That's a lot of points. They uh, rank 27th. And kudos to Chronicles Brian T. Smith for pointing this out. I retweeted earlier at uh, my Twitter at T-H-E-H-R Review. Rockets rank 27th in points allowed at 108.3 and 28th in defensive field goal percentage at 47%. A few problems. James Harden is struggling from shooting. His shooting numbers are just awful. Patrick Beverly is battling injuries. Terrence Jones has been out for a while after his eye injury. 
Donatus Moriunas still has not come back from his back problem from last season. And then, of course, the Rockets are resting or choosing to rest Dwight Howard in in back-to-back games. So when he's out, the defense falters. Ty Lawson still hasn't fit in. He's struggling. What so there's a, there's a lot of problems going on. And folks joke around. It's the curse of Khloe Kardashian get being <laughs> being with Harden. She's taking away. She's whatever. But he has a, he has not played well since the playoffs last year. And keep in mind the elimination game that against the Warriors he had 13 turnovers. So he's struggling going back that far. So we don't know what pick a problem. Chuck Hayes, what did it did it not work out? As far as he was a stopgap because of injuries, that's all that okay. was. Okay, yeah, that's so, that's, so, that's all that was. All right, all right, yeah. I mean, would would he? Uh, let me ask this question: Would he have been good for the locker room? This this no, no, no. Because oh. I, I'm wondering. There's something else going on. I don't know what's going on. But I'm not, the locker room? I'm it, not it, there. It, it, it's in, in the locker, locker room. room. I'm not. I'm not there daily like I used to be back on, in the, the day. But there is a problem. I, you know. We can joke about Patrick Beverly and, and the easy tag problem he had getting 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 the warrants, you know, outstanding warrants. Little minutiae is coming in. Post game comments are on my Houston Rumball View blog from last night's loss to the Mavericks. They trailed at one point, fifty to twenty five, in the second quarter. Oh! They couldn't make shots. They get a bit did folks it. get up and leave? Some folks did. Some folks booed. But there's a Communication problem on defense. Some folks say we're talking too much. We're, not, we're, we're, we're talking rather than doing. We're not communicating on defense. It's just pick a problem. They don't know what the problem is. They're confused. They're playing a subject tomorrow. It's not good. On, uh, on Monday night. So they got to right the ship. Yes, it's only, you know, 10 games into the season. So it's not like it's do or die. But this is the Western Conference. The Warriors are 11-0. So right there, they're already five and a half games behind the Warriors. So that's not good. They're not, not going to catch the Warriors because we don't. No one sees the Warriors cratering. Harden needs to shoot better. The defense must improve. The turnovers, the rebounding, good grief. The winless Brooklyn Nets on Wednesday, this past Wednesday, beat the Rockets on the boards, sixty. To 45. Now you've been knowing me a long time. You know I, that, that, that that's a that's a butt chafing that I just cannot because it is, I, I can't accept that. That because that's 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 no effort. You're not you're not offering the up effort than I when you can't rebound. That that starts your defense. That anchors your defense and it starts your offense. If you losing the rebounding battle. On a night in and night out basis, you lucky to be getting to, to be winning a game, not just just four. That's a real problem, that, you know, and that needs to be corrected at ASAP before Christmas gets here. Well, that's I mean that that is one of the problems: rebounding, defense, blocking our communication. Is like I said, pick a problem. They have they have many of them, and that's too many. That's one too many. So, NBA wise. You know, enjoy watching the uh, Golden State Warriors and Steph Curry, who's, who has just been phenomenal th- thus far in these 11 games. So Rockets have Celtics on Monday, and then I think the Blazers on Wednesday, and then they go to Memphis for uh, Friday, and the Knicks on Saturday back in Houston. So they got to get this thing turned around quickly, but I just want to pull up these uh, – Shooting numbers for James Harden because I would 
I want to see how poor they are because it's 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 just really mind blowing how bad he he is shooting the ball right now. He's shooting 37% from the floor, playing too much. 39 minutes a game, that's too much. He's uh, 24% from a three-point line. He's going to the line 12 times a game. He's shooting 10 or 12 from the free throw. So that's by, that's the only thing he's doing well. Yes, he's getting six six assists, but he's uh, committing turnovers about five a game. So that turnover ratio is only is is not good. So it, it, it now are they trying to figure that out between Patrick Beverly, Harden, and and uh, Ty Lawson as far as handing the ball on a regular basis, uh, uh, every other possession, or uh, whatever the de- defense allows, or you know what's going on with that? Because that, Ty Lawson was supposed to be a help resolve for as far as the ball handling situation. Supposed to make it supposed to make things easier on James Harden in the offense, helping help him to get easier shots. The Rockets, Ty Lawson has played better when James Harden is not on the floor. Now that is not a good and, sign. And that's his, oh, and also Corey Brewer is struggling. He I, he's regressed. You know, maybe, maybe his his a new contract is weighing down his his play. I, I, I don't know. The new wallet is hurting his play. I don't know what's going on, but he's he's struggling. Wow. So different. Like I said, he pick a problem. He, he really just went that didn't. I'm so not begrudging any man making your money, but there's a problem in his game too. So pick a problem. Well, it's, it was, the bench, it was, it's the shooting, it's turnovers, poor defense. Some fans say it's Kevin McHale. Pick a problem. They have a lot to fix. Now, on, on a happier I'm, note. I'm, well, now, before you, before you well, roll away from that, will a, will a decision be made on the man that sits across the, across the way? Then? Would, would, he, would he step in uh, uh, at the end of the season and make an evaluation? Uh, oh. Who? The guy that signs the check. The man, the, the guy who gave Mikhail a, an ex- contract extension for no reason at all? Is that guy? Yeah. He doesn't care? Uh, he cares. He I'm going to answer just like that. The he guy who gave Kevin Mikhail a contract extension for no reason at all when he didn't have to? Like is, that, I said, is that guy? Does he care or, uh, 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 or not? Because he I has to think he if, cares, if, but I think it's really early uh, to panic. So I, I mean, I'm not talking about the panic, but, but, and they will eventually probably. But, Doc, I, mean, I, sure I, I, was, I, was, I was a rebound. I'm, sure there's, that, 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 I'm that, sure there's some concern. I mean, that goes without saying, but you're going to want to believe that some things can go better, so you kind of ride it out and hope they do. And then the question is I ride it out with junk bonds and stocks. I don't ride it out Dang. with other things. So you you want the man to be fired? I want to hear something from the man that signs a check and says, I'm okay with that for right now, but as we all know, it needs to get better. Oh, the Bob McNair approach. Yeah. Because I know that we... we the, Team's still trash. Texans still te- Texans still bad football team. They, they, and right now, the Rocks are a bad basketball team. Right now. That's that's bottom line. Yeah, better become a baseball fan. Hey, they, 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 man, speaking of, Holly Holmes says Holly Holmes voted that uh, the Astros has the number one farm t- system in the in the, uh, in the league right now. Of course, but Holly Holmes says, "Talk about me." I knocked out Ronda Rousey last night. Now, I, I actually got had a chance, opportunity to watch that. It was a left jab, blood, step back. Stepped into leg whip. She hit the floor. And next thing anybody knows, Holly was on top of her with five quick punches. And before the, the referee could get in, 
Done. Folks, the only th thing she had to avoid last night, holler at her home, was to not get on the ground. And she stayed on her feet. She was on the mat one time and escaped. And she stayed on her feet. But she kept that left jab. They listen, in boxing, they tell you quick, keep that left jab in their face. Keep peppering. Keep peppering. At some point, bam. And it landed. Based on what I've seen, picture-wise, and reading about it, everything. It was it was ugly. Ronda Rossi's she couldn't, she couldn't skills, defend the left jab. Skills. She couldn't defend the left jab. We'll call it into question because Holly Holmes took a tour. She, she did yeah, a tour. It's yeah. like we said, if you want to get in this vernacular in terms of, you know, styles makes fights. You know, that, 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 was it. that was it last yep. night. That was she it. She just ran into somebody that had a totally different style that would not allow her to get close to do what does what right. she does. And then that's tie you down and yeah. you can really get the pound on you. She had somebody, as you said, that is a true boxer. boxer. And then you know what a boxer right does. They, especially in a decent boxer. Get boxing. that left jab. Get that jab. Get that jab. That straight shot. Got that jab. And then she waited her out. She got a little more desperate. As the kept going along and about, and then essentially when she got a chance, yep. she went for it and she hit her just like you would do basically with a knockout. As you said, it had to be the knee, but it was a knockout punch and, or a knockout. And, 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 and I, I think the other thing too that that, that kind of like and you could see it coming. I don't think she's ever tasted blood before from her. You know, she was bleeding in that first round. That first it makes round. sense. She's been pretty dominant in a lot of ways. And nobody uh, getting got close in this. In this, this yeah, this, it's this. like Buster Douglas. Oh, we th we th that was the other discussion last night. We just folks just kind of like just went around the table and all like, well, you know, when you're sitting around drinking and you're watching and all, and you're saying, Buster you know, what Douglas, the, what, Mike Tyson, Mike Tyson. Tyson. That's first thing we went to because they said, well. You know what? She got kind of big. She's all over the place. She ain't training. She's rolling around. Yeah, you know, she's doing a lot of movies and stuff, stuff like that. Stuff, you know, what she's supposed to do because you got to get your money. Okay. That's true. You got uh, like to. I think you, you talk about brands. That, that would maybe a part of it. I think less uh, less than what I really thought. I just think the. The, the style of the fight. Oh. That's why if she's gonna fight her again, it'd be good in terms oh, of money. Now, gonna be some but money she's now. gonna have a problem with this fighter because they just fight totally different, different styles. Yeah. And nobody it's else not approaches conducive to what she does well. And nobody. Last night was the first time anybody ever saw fighter get hit or get tackled. Like you said, she got out. She got out out of the uh, got off the mat, got back up on her feet, and then kept a distance. And, and and folks had, had had not seen that before. It was like the first time. Like, uh oh, that's a question now. You know, how do you how why do you take this? Why do you go to the, with the next step? Anyhow, that's enough of that. You yeah. know, hey, and all I can say is somebody gonna make some money next time around. No, look, I'm just moving on. Like he said, I'm just saying, can we get some professional football played in the state of Texas right now? In this Saturday, that Miguel Cotto versus Canelo Alvarez. <laughs> You asked that question, and you know the answer to that question. That's why I'm letting him move on. <laughs> Miguel Cotto versus Canelo Alvarez. I'm looking forward to that fight. Pay-per-view. Looking forward to it so much. I might even spend money on that fight. What? I might even what? spend some money to watch that. Cotto? Miguel Cotto and That's Canelo Alvarez. That's gonna be. That should be a hell of a fight. Is that a style fight or just a fight? Let's just just be a fight. There's two dudes gonna be throwing balls at each other. That's, yeah. that's gonna be, that's gonna be <laughs> an old school fight. Oh, know? that's one like a street fight. Like we just said, yeah, they, gonna, yeah, they, they, they punch it. They punch it. They punch it. Yeah. They punch it. Yeah, they did did y'all hear about a read Oscar De La Hoya's dude? Come on now, ripping of come on Floyd Mayweather. I come on now. One statement. What was that about? Come on now. Did, did he just eat him up? He's not about anything. I don't know. He was basically criticizing Floyd for not fighting. Top level fighters in their prime, 
He's going to retire undefeated and boxing won't miss Floyd, basically. That's the part I heard they won't miss Floyd. He just sounded like a hater. But he sounded like he brought up some good points about Floyd made his money, great moneymaker and all those things. And he did take a little dig at him, hopefully saying that, uh, you know, you will manage money well and you won't spend it all. But based on seeing your your YouTube videos, I doubt that. So he thinks he's going to just spend all his money and be broke. I hope not. Years, so I, I hope not. But I, I hope not. You know, Floyd ain't been has not. Floyd ain't shy about spending what he no spending his money. And, and one thing about it, when you when you hear about him making these bets and all, trust me, folks. They, from what people I talked to that I know in Vegas, they said they ain't all lies. So he he, he he's putting money out there on the on, on situations. Yeah, I have no clue. I like. But I was surprised. I don't know why where it came from and everything. But that Oscar said, you know, he he said part of what makes. A great champion, in his opinion, and that's probably why he's going with that. Back from defeat, fighting great fighters, losing the great fighters, and then bouncing back and beating a great fighter, things like that. That's what he's criticizing Floyd. And Styles make fights. Floyd fought boring fights. Some folks say that, but it wasn't Floyd's fault. Floyd made money. If you know boxing, you know how Floyd fights. Right. So he, he, his style on time. It ain't Floyd's fault. fault for folks spending money on on his fights. It ain't Floyd's fault for fighting defensive fights, making folks miss him, and he hits them. The art, the pure point of boxing is to hit and not get hit. Can't get any better. And Tyson says they change their brain and all when they get hit. <laughs> <laughs> they change their brain, Doc. Mike they said back in the day when Mike was great. Everybody got a game hit. plan until they get hit. hit. They get hit. <laughs> they brain and all. They go for the brain freeze, Doc. Like the ice cream. <laughs> Like yeah, ice cream, yeah, they got brain free. <laughs> like whoop, wrong place for me. How did I get out of this, Doc? How can folks find you? Yes, you can find me on the social media platforms at Doctor Kenyatta Cavill. D R K E N Y A T T A C A V I L. Again, that's D R K E N Y A T T A C A V I L. You can also find me on Tuesday, every Tuesday from six to seven on KCH Radio, twelve thirty a.m. That's KCH Radio. 1230 a.m. That's com. If you want to listen to it streaming live, you can also follow it on your dial, which is 1230 a.m. If you cannot catch it live, you can go to the podcast at Dr. Cavill's Inside HBCU Sports Lab, the name of the show. You can get that every week as well on SoundCloud as we record the podcast so you can get it. As well as you can see me traveling, providing uh, research papers at, uh, as I'm a sports professor, associate professor at Texas Southern University in sports management over the program. And lastly, you can catch me uh, definitely December 2nd through the 5th at the inaugural Ben L. Calvo Senior Big Ben HBCU Football Award starting at 7.30. Go to the website, purchase your tickets for that event. It's going to be really nice, one that you will not want to miss, be a part of as it's history-making. As we want to make this very nice. And then the next day we have our HBCU Athletic Research Consortium Conference. Where we'll be talking about everything athletic wise about HBCU sports. Uh, from the management side to the business side to the information side. So again you can go to the website THG-ABC.com and get all the information you need. And being a part of that event. Why can I folks find you? You can find me online. At on YouTube, Blogger, SoundCloud, AKSV, the CSR, the College Sports Report. You can find me on Twitter, 
TweetDeck, and Facebook, Jerry L. Woodley Jr., J.L. Woodley 1. And, I, and I'm going to wrap it up real quick. Uh, we got U of H men's team opens up their season this Wednesday at Hot Finance Pavilion versus Prairie View A&M. The Rice women host the Texas Longhorns Saturday afternoon. And Comet fans, you may recognize a certain someone if she's in attendance on the Longhorns coaching staff sitting on the bench. Tina Thompson. Hey! The Warrior Princess. Really? Is an assistant coach at the Texas Longhorns. Post play is going to get better. And she's enjoying her time there. So we have U of H women this Thursday at hosting Long Beach State in Hawthorne, Savine. So you can check that out as well. The Cougars lost their opener. I believe Friday, every local team lost. Houston area team. Prairie View beat Howard Payne women's basketball, but um, that's Howard Payne. I'm not really counting that one. No offense to Prairie View and Coach Brown. That's correct. But U of H men had an exhibition game on Saturday. Exhibitions or whatever. They, they are what they are. But <laughs> U of H women lost. Literally. Rice women lost to Kentucky. Uh, HBU women lost. So TSU men lost. I think TSU women played Kansas Monday or is that today? It's Monday. So we'll see if they can write the ship for area Houston area basketball teams. That'll be really writing it. So that'll be, that'll be really writing it. We'll see. Kansas is of the Big Twelve, but Kansas is starting over as well. So like I said, it'll be really, really right. Twelve teams. So good luck to Coach Janetta Hayes Perry and her TSU Lady Tigers in that game and, and their non-conference schedule. Gentlemen, thank you very much for your time. You can catch me, KG, at HoustonRoundBarView.com, HoustonRoundBarView on YouTube, HoustonRoundBarView on Instagram. Listen to our podcast on SoundCloud, the pod directory, and iTunes. Thank you for your comments on Facebook. Thank you for your tweets, likes, and retweets. going to wrap it up as I always do. In conclusion... Be true, be cool, and do more.